welcome to Turning Your Cruising Dreams into Reality podcasts. Hi, this is Jackie from Sister Ship Training. Good to have your company. Today we're going to look at an important item on your boat, your grab bag. And in this episode, I've included additional knowledge from the great and mighty Women Who Sail Australia Facebook page. This episode is brought to you by Pantenius Yacht Insurance. So let's take a look at our ditch bag. The grab bag has several different names. It can be known as the ditch bag or the jump and go bag or even the flea bag. That sounds a little bit like my last dog. But whatever you prefer to call it, when creating your bag, ask yourself what you would need. Who is on board and where are you going? And does everyone on board know where the grab bag is? While underway, we kept ours near the companionway hatch and it was always ready to grab. Also, align your inclusions with distance. You don't have to worry too much about seasons as on the water, as you probably know, we can experience all four seasons twice in one day. However, thinking about the sea temperature is important. Hypothermia has insatiable hunger. The sea gods also have an unquenchable greed and anything on your boat that you think you need should have a piece of string, i.e. a lanyard, fitted. This will give you a fighting chance of keeping hold of your possessions. And I mean fit it on your grab bag, not every single item in it, although for some items it isn't a bad idea. The bag obviously needs to be watertight and waterproof. A bright reflective colour is a good idea, as boats don't just sink during the day. And an emergency kit would be hard enough to spot during the day anyway. You're going to probably be in bad seas. I've noticed over the years that some of the contents of the grab bag can be very much a personal choice. I've heard of some people including their obituaries. I think that's a little odd. Other cruising buddies suggest a mattress. Then there's the younger crew. Please can you include my favourite toy? And the older crew. Put in the fine scotch deer. But I'm sure both would argue that their life depended on it. Now that's all very nice, but I can think of several more important items. I'd rather have an extra bottle of water. So, those are the obvious items. You've got to have water, flares and attention grabbers. Surviving is nice, but being rescued is even better. The ditch kit should contain items for immediate use and possibly some months thereafter. Now that's quite some thought, isn't it? But it does happen. Short term, think injuries, hypothermia and signalling devices. Mid to long term, think survival. That's your water and food. Are you going to make water or catch it? Can you catch fish? And provision for prevention of sun exposure is imperative if you don't want to end up looking like a crisp. So how much do we take? 
Over the years of cruising all over the world, I have seen bags made up for short-term, minutes to hours, mid-term, hours to days, medium-term, days to weeks, and long-term, weeks to months. All very useful, but how do you know which bag to collect when your boat sinks? Do you take all four? Recently, though, a comment on Women Who Sail Australia Facebook group made me rethink this idea. This idea of having numerous bags. Because one of the women said, We have three grab bags. They are positioned in order of importance. Depending on the situation, we would grab the first bag only. But if we were able, we would take all three or at least throw the second and third bag in the water to grab later if we could. The second and third bags have double ups of the first bag. More flares, water, food, another torch, matches, bucket, second sat phone, etc. So that makes a bit more sense to me. And also the additional weight will have a stabilising effect on the life raft, which is another bonus. You've just got to have room on board your boat to store all this. And that reminds me, should the unthinkable happen, as part of the grabbing process, if we have time of course, we would grab the water jugs and tie them to the life raft. They will float as seawater is denser than fresh. So you can leave the fresh water jerry cans almost full and they will still float. Test it for yourself. However, we must be ready for having very little time and we must also think necessity, not holiday. So what other things must we consider? Can the bag be snatched quickly? It's pointless stowing it carefully buried in a dark cupboard. You may only have moments to grab it. What else can go in that bag? Paperwork is a good one. Your passports and boat papers have to be somewhere. Why not in the grab bag? Add a few dollars too. American dollars are the most widely accepted if you are travelling overseas. Think of all the bureaucratic bits of paper that cause major headaches and gnashing of teeth if you had to replace them. They may as well be stowed in your grab bag. As terrifying as it sounds, one day you might need it and now's the time to think carefully about what it should contain. Grab bags provide thought-provoking conversations to everyone on the water. We met a survivor whose boat took 15 minutes to sink. He had, he says, all the time in the world to grab stuff from cupboards. He now thinks all boats take this long to be swallowed into the deep. But most of us know a story where a boat vanishes within seconds. Those brief moments may give you enough time to grab your survival bag. So let me tell you what we had on our boat. We have one big bag. Ideally, it should have been split into two. Absolute necessities and necessities. However... It's not, and at the time of writing this article, we were firmly welded to a mooring. I looked through our bag. Our bag includes years of ideas gleaned from chatting to other people on boats. 
In it, it has, in no particular order, survival suits, sunglasses, a wind-up torch, a handheld radio, that's a VHF radio, with spare batteries. We put in a pot of spirulina, which is a nutrient source in powder form. We have survival sheets, you might know them as space blankets. We had a hand water maker, more on that in a moment. Toilet roll, water, string, fishing hooks, fishing line. We had a signalling mirror. Remember, getting rescued is our priority. We had a knife, seasick tablets, first aid, and in that first aid we added extra strong painkillers. We had flares, sanitary products, wet wipes, you might know them as baby wipes, a tea towel, sea marker dye, a lighter, our paperwork, as I mentioned before, sunscreen, t-shirts for sun protection, a whistle, barley sugar, would you believe, and a handheld GPS and batteries. I think these days there are better alternatives than barley sugar, but that's what we had. Diving into the bag after a year, I am surprised to see that the wet wipes are still moist and the spirulina still edible. Mind you, it does look and smell remarkably like mould, even when new. Clearly, batteries should be replaced regularly, as should water in plastic bottles. Sunscreen and tablets or pills will have use-by dates to be aware of as well. We have spent over three weeks at sea in one go and been over 1,500 miles away from the nearest land. Hence, a fairly comprehensive bag. In compiling our kit, we gave careful thought to all the yummy stuff already included in our life raft when it was last surveyed. Our EPIRBs are mounted in the boat. Perhaps one should have been in the bag. Now I would also include the Leatherman and some cereal bars. But the bag was heavy already. Now on our life raft, as included extras like spare spectacles, t-shirts, sunblock, medication. When you have your life raft serviced, it's a good idea to watch the raft being popped, particularly if you have not done any sea survival training. It's good to see what happens. At that time as well, talk to the people servicing your life raft about including additional items. There's usually enough space to do this. Now I mentioned our water maker earlier and it's a small hand pump water maker that we purchased in America a few years ago now for 600 US dollars. And we bought it because in Puerto Rico we met a guy who spent 66 days in a life raft in the Pacific Ocean. He was with his wife and they were attacked and holed by a pot of whales which ultimately sank their boat. He says that while his wife was screaming at him to jump in the life raft, he was standing in the boat with water rising up to his knees, wondering what to grab next. He grabbed the water maker. We wouldn't be alive today if we didn't have it, he says. So, before setting sail into the mighty Pacific, we purchased a small, mobile water maker. The emotions of coughing up the equivalent of almost a thousand Australian dollars 
were an odd mix. Unwillingness to part with a large chunk of our cruising budget, conflicting with the thought that should we find our lives depended on it, it would seem a remarkably small amount of money. That water maker is still in its bag, unused and lonely. Long may it remain so. So I promised you some wisdom from Women Who Sail Australia. While updating this article, I asked them what was the most important item to them and did they have any tips to offer? As usual, this incredible group posted numerous tips and ideas. I have to tell you, some were hysterical and private, so you'll just have to join to find out what they are. Here are some of those tips. The rest are on sistershiptraining.com under articles, where I've transcribed this episode. So first, some more sage advice. Remember, a life raft should be entered from the water or stepping up from the sinking boat, i.e. when you can no longer stay on your boat as it is almost sunk. If it is possible, of course, it isn't always that easy or that simple. Seasickness will probably be a huge factor in the life raft. If you've ever sat on a waterbed, you've got a bit of an idea this is going to be a hell of a lot worse. You're going to be in bad weather. So pack plenty of seasick tablets, even if you've never had the need to take one before. Also, a six-man life raft for two people can be dangerous, as there will probably not be enough weight in it to keep it stable. And I cannot recommend enough completing a sea survival course. So more tips from Women Who Sail Australia. Mentioning medications. One lady keeps a spare set of medication in the grab bag. She says, This is because with everything else going on, we really don't need to add to the problems of my body playing up. And on the subject of medications, a few women recommended making up a laminated card with all their medical information and vital statistics. That's in case they are found unconscious at the time. So information such as date of birth, medical conditions, next of kin and things like that. Laminated cards were mentioned a few times. Another way was to list out contact numbers as no one knows each other's numbers anymore. Some luxury items were mentioned. Power bars that were made up before each trip could be included if they had room. And someone suggested a hard drive as a luxury item, but it was also mentioned as a necessity. Other suggestions included Lucy lights, which are a great idea as they deflate, are lightweight and are solar charged. A handheld compass. Pantyhose. The lady saying sounds a bit weird, but it is useful for lots of things, including trawling to catch krill. Another suggested meal replacement shakes. There was the handheld VHF radio mentioned again. Glow sticks, dry polar fleece, peppermints and chrysoline ginger. My favourite piece of advice, because it made me smile, was including two of the ugliest hats in the world. The theory being, and I love this, 
that people only turn up if you are wearing something ugly. Lastly, if your grab bag is in need, common sense, a speedy reaction and lack of panic are all necessities, although I am not sure how to pack those things, except to say training is the best backup you can have. I hope you found this information useful. To read this article and view more tips, go on over to sistershiptraining.com and click on articles. There's also more podcasts, videos and articles there, as well as a subscribe button. That's all we've got time for today. My name is Jackie Parry and it's been good to have your company. If you want more great tips and advice, head along to Turning Your Cruising Dreams Into Reality Facebook group. I'll catch up with you again soon. I wish you safe sailing.